Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. We're going to, for the next three weeks, close out Romans 12 by looking at the relationship that we have with unbelievers. And even I'm adding with believers who have harmed us or aimed evil at us. And we're going to find out in this relationship, we're going to have to supernaturally respond so that we can get God's perspective. And the reality is, is that because we live in a fallen world, in an evil world, you and I, at some point or another, will be betrayed. We will be lied on. We will be mistreated. We will even be harmed. That's the truth. Peter says it in First Peter. He says, think it not strange. These fiery darts and tribulations that have come to try you. Don't think it's strange. He said, expect it. And in expecting it, I'm good, Marcus. He says, I want you to learn how to rejoice. But then even Paul says to us, he says, don't you be surprised about these afflictions. Because even though they may seem to be heavy, they are nothing in comparison to the eternal weight of glory that God is going to cause you to experience. He even tells them over in 2 Timothy, he says, if you live in a godly life and you desire to live godly, he said, you're going to suffer persecution. He said, evil men, imposters, they're going to get worse and worse. They're going to be deceiving you. So they will be deceiving and you will be deceived. But the question I have for you is who has wounded you? Who has betrayed you? Who has abused you and who has abandoned you? Who has forsaken you? Who has lied to you? Who, who has hurt you? Who? Now, I ask you that because much of what you and I go through and how we respond is in many times based upon unresolved Hurt, unresolved betrayal, unresolved persecution. And you say, well, well, no, pastor, I, I, I don't do that. I don't do that. What I say is if they did that to me, I just say, you know, I just don't deal with them anymore. That's unresolved. 
even the saying that we have where we say, I just treat that person with a long-handled spoon. That's unresolved. It's unresolved because if it were resolved, you could get close enough to them to feed them. Come on, Holy Ghost. Oh, you know, I just don't go over there anymore. I just don't fool with them anymore. That's unresolved. So what it's saying is that you have not figured out a way to supernaturally respond to evil with good. I know you've been reading Romans 12 all these weeks and you get down to the verse 14 and it says, bless those that curse you. Oh yeah, y'all got that one. (laughs) Blessing, curse not. You got that one. You, you've been reading, reading, reading. But when you get on your job, you decide that you don't talk to that person. And you say you don't talk to them because you just got to, you know, do you and you got to keep you. Because if you say something to them, you just might say the wrong thing. <laughs> the reason why you might say the wrong thing is because it's unresolved. It's unresolved, it's unresolved, it's unresolved, it's unresolved, it's unresolved, it's unresolved. It's unresolved. You, we, we've not yet learned how to supernaturally respond. Because a Romans 12 Christian has to learn how to supernaturally respond to evil because evil is all around you. Evil's in here right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. And if you just respond out of your flesh or out of your well-taken-care-of ways, you know where you keep them all bottled up and you keep that in a night. You keep it in a nice box, but don't let somebody cross you. Because you know what we say, I had to come out the box on them. Because it's unresolved. I had, I, had, I had to go there. I had to go there. Somebody said I had to go there. I had to go there. But we had to go there because we never left there. We never, we never left there. What, what happened was we did not leave. We did not. You know, I was in the post office the other day sitting in. What they had to do is a man was moving and he wanted to get a card because he wanted to change his address. He wanted to have it changed because he no longer wanted mail to come to the old house because he didn't live there anymore. But what happens in the spiritual realm is that we don't change our address. We don't move from that place. What we do is we just get up and go. We, we leave everything, we just get up and just walk away. But the reality is, is that we really like a vagabond. We have no place to live. We're just wandering homeless from place. Why? Because we never went back to the real us. And the real us needs to resolve and deal with the situation because if the real us doesn't resolve it, what happens is every day we live in this fake place where we're putting on airs. We're pretentious. Fake news. That's real fake news. I love you, fake news. You really don't. Because right now you got a problem with me. That's fake news. Because they never went back to this house, to this place. So we're going to look and use Joseph 
Chip Ingram masterfully took the life of Joseph and he chunked it up where he looked at it and I thought, that's good, but man, we could get something out of that. We can, it's some meat on that bones. <laughs> let, 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 let's just see, you, 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 you know, he took it and just kind of, you know, dealt with it. Just, you know, you and me must never. I, I said, it, it, it's something near because we folk, us folks, you and I, we know what it's like to be a Joseph. We know what it's like to be Joseph. So we're going to look because he started with Joseph, but I want us to talk about Joseph for a minute. We're going to turn to Genesis 45, but I want you to understand Joseph. I want you to understand Joseph because I want you to understand that Joseph started out with a dream. That's all. Joseph just had a dream. And and what's amazing is Joseph didn't give himself the dream. God gave him the dream. Joseph wasn't trying to be all of that. God gave him the dream. God, he started out with a dream and Joseph told his brothers about his dream. But, But the reality is, is that Joseph's problem really didn't start out with his dream. If you were to trace the life of Joseph, Joseph grew up in a dysfunctional family. His daddy was a trickster. His daddy tricked his father into giving him his brother Esau's birthright. So he already didn't, he he already started out in the place. In fact, if we went back even further, it started with Adam and Eve, but I'm just going to deal with his house. So if you even went back, Joseph couldn't help it because he came from a dysfunctional family. Not only was his father a deceiver, but his mother was a liar. Oh, Jesus. So y'all don't want to talk about that kind of stuff. So, 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 so Joseph was already going to be engaged in problems because his family was dysfunctional. Y'all thought they came up with that term in the 90s, but it's been going on. His family was dysfunctional, dysfunctional, dysfunctional. Not only was his dad, his dad had a problem, but his sister got raped. Y'all remember she was just a young girl going down to the wilderness mall, minding her business. And when she got down to the wilderness mall, Shechem saw her. And Shechem decided that he would take her because he said she looked good to me when she walked. So Shechem decided that he would just take her. He he wouldn't go about it the right way, but he violated her and he took her. So now you're in a household with the family where your sister is hurting and you're walking by her because she got a whole bunch of brothers and you're looking at her every day. And back in that culture, in that time, it was unheard of for a woman to be violated because she was shunned. So now every day, everybody walking around in the house and while we trying to eat dinner, we got to look over at Dinah and she crying. And you know she crying because of what Shechem did to her. You know it, you know it. And your daddy saying, y'all can't do nothing about it. Y'all just going to have to hold, 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 hold on, hold on. But Jacob came to a place where he took his sons and they go down there. And when they get to Shechem, see, Joseph had some thug brothers. I told you he came from a dysfunctional family. <laughs> they were thugs. They were thugs. They thugged it out. They thugged it out. And when they got down there, they said, see, what the issue is, is that in order for us to do business with you, y'all got to be circumcised. But the point in 
start circumcising the men is so they could make them weak. And then they went down and killed all the men in Shechem because of what they did to their brother. See, y'all thought this stuff right here was just happening, but it's been, Jared, it's been going on. He came from a dysfunctional family. And, and now Jacob said, boys, what y'all done done? It's only, well, look at us right here. Y'all in here cutting up and acting a fool. Now we got to worry about our lives. He came from a dysfunctional family. Joseph came from a dysfunctional family. But not only that, not only that, not only that, he was rejected by his own siblings. All because he had a dream. He told them one day about his dream, and now these same boys that we've been sleeping two by two in the bed with, these ninjas want to kill me. brothers want to take him out all because he had a dream he had a dream he had a dream and so they decided that they were going to kill him and then one brother begged him and said don't kill him don't kill him so they sold him into slavery so not only did he have to go through can you imagine being a young teenager and you just thinking all I had was a dream and now every day of your life, you, 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 you're now separated from your family. You're separated from your father who loved you so much that he made you your own special jacket, which was a problem anyway. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you start playing favorites. You, you don't think that they know it, but the other kids can see it. And when they can see it, now you're creating and fostering an environment where your child going to have a problem. But he was rejected by his brothers, abandoned in a foreign land, sold into slavery, and then gets in there and he's falsely accused of rape. Potiphar's wife saw him and she wanted him. She wanted him. He smelled good, looked good. She wanted him. And Joseph had to leave his coat and everything. And he was falsely accused of rape, found himself in jail <laughs> Gets in jail, and because of the grace and favor on his life, he starts interpreting dreams. And his friend, when they was in there two by two, four by four, we blocked in here together. His friend said, when we get out, I got you. But when his friend gets out, he forgot him. So Joseph comes from a place where there's a lot going on, but yet, in spite of all of this, Joseph did not waver in his response. But he learned to supernaturally respond to evil. And here's what we're going to do these three weeks. We're going to look at how he was able to do it. He was able to do it, first of all, by what he knew. The second week, we're going to talk about how he was able to do it by what he did. And the last week, we're going to talk about what he refused to do. So you and I can take some copious notes through the life of Joseph on this week so we can learn how to supernaturally respond to evil. Look at Genesis 45, verses 5 through 8. But now... Do not, therefore, be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. Let me read that again. 
because you got to read it right. If you don't read it right, you'll think it's another. Got it. Got any English people in here? Johnny said, read that right, because that's, that's not the tense of it. Let's read it again. But now, do not therefore be angry or grieve with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and a lord of all his house and ruler throughout the land of Egypt. So you say, well, pastor, you say Joseph was able to supernaturally respond. He was able to do this by what he knew. What did Joseph know? What did Joseph know? The first thing, and here, oh my God, if we get this, oh Lord, if we get this. The first thing that Joseph knew is he knew that God is in control. God is in control. That's the first thing that Joseph knew. He said, God sent me. Look at verse 5. He said, it was not you, verse 7, but he says, it was God, verse 8. He said, God sent me here. You thought I was here because you sold me into slavery. But I'm really at this place because God sent me. You thought it was you. You thought you had the control. But the reality is God sent me. See, Joseph understood that no matter what it looked like, God is in control. He understood that you can handle a lot of stuff that comes your way when you know that God is in control. When you understand that you didn't get fired because your boss fired you. You didn't lose your job because it was their decision. God is in control. When you understand that you don't have sickness in your body because the devil is in control, you have sickness in your body because there's evil in the world and God has allowed you to go through this space and this time, he is in control. When you come to the realization, see, Joseph wasn't moved. They were in there crying. And they were weeping because they were afraid that Joseph was going to have them killed. But when you read Genesis 45, Joseph was the governor of Israel. And Darren, he was so moved when he saw his brothers, he could not even contain himself. He had to send everybody out of the room so he could speak to them in their own dialect. And he weeped so loud that the Egyptians outside the door heard him crying. And Joseph said, I am Joseph, your brother. You are afraid of me and you crying because you think you're in control. But I am here because God sent me. If you and I can get a revelation that it doesn't matter where 
where you're at. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Nothing and no one can dictate or control your life. You are where you are because God sent you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. This is going to help you. This is going to help you. This is going to help you. I know it's going to help you because you and I have this tendency to run the tape in our minds of what people did, how they did it, what they said, when they said it. And it can emotionally disturb us so much that we lose our kilter, we lose our place. And no matter how mature we are, we keep trying to get up and shake it off and keep going and keep moving. But the reality is when we get a revelation that the reason why this is occurring is because God allowed it and cannot any man or woman dictate your life or control you, you'll get a peace. You say, well, the reason why I'm getting ready to come down that marriage aisle. The reason why we in this financial situation and we don't have what we need. And the reason why we can't buy nothing or do nothing is because, no, 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 no. God sent you to that place. He's allowing you to be in that situation because God's going to do something with it. But if you can understand that God, come on, come on, come on, come on, tap yourself and say, God sent me. Come on, whatever you in right now, wherever you at, God sent me. I know you think it's about the calendar. You think it's about the agenda. You think it's about what's going on in the world, but it's not as God sent you. Joseph was able to weep with them and to cry with them because he understood that God sent me. He said to them, you thought it was you. But you don't have that kind of power. <laughs> See, you, you, you release that anger you got with your mama and your daddy about what happened when you were a child. You release that when you understand they don't have that kind of power. God wouldn't put you in their hands with that much power to dictate and control your outcome. They were just instruments that God used in the midst of what he's doing in your life. And when you can understand that, you can let it go and say, God sent me. Oh, my God. God said, somebody going to get free today. He said, you're going you gonna to get free today. You're going to get free. You're going to get free. You're going to get free. No, no, no. He, he, he didn't do it to you. God sent you. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing that, that Joseph knew. Because you, you got to know this. If you know this, then you know how to respond to evil. Here's the second thing Joseph knew. Joseph knew that God had an assignment for him. Look at those verses again. Look at those verses again. He says in verse 5, he says, he says what? He says, God sent me, don't be angry, God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land and there are still five years left. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. (laughs) He says, it was an assignment that God had on my life. 
And because I understand that not only did he send me here, but I have an assignment here. I know how to respond to you. Okay. <laughs> Wherever you're at and whatever you're in, there is purpose in the persecution. There is purpose in what you're going through. You think it's this and that. No, God said, I need you to get focused and understand I brought you here to do, to be, to. I, there is a two behind your assignment. He said to them, God sent me here. You got to understand that everything in our life is about mission. It's about purpose. It's about assignment. See, you got an assignment on your life. Why Why you think you're getting the uppercut and a chung chung boom? You're getting that because you got an assignment. And everything, I don't care what you're going through. You can put whatever it is in the line and behind that it's two. Whatever it is, you can say, I'm here, too. I'm in this situation, too. And how you get peace is you get in your two closet. And when you think this is happening against you, you get in the two closet and you start saying, God, what is it the two is? What is it the two you want me to do? What is it? What is it? What is it? What, what is it? And you'll stop allowing the enemy to distract your mind into thinking that it's so much against you. You can say, no, 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 no. I'm here too. Sister came up to me and she said in the back, she said to me on Sunday, she said, man, I, I haven't been to church in a while. I ain't going to call y'all. If you don't say nothing, they ain't going to know I'm talking to you. <laughs> She started looking at it like she can retell really my story. They don't know. Everybody look for it. Look for it. Look for it. Look for it. She said, I haven't been to church in so long. And now you can relate. She said, I came back to church. I came to church because of you. I said, then I did my assignment. Then the two was done. So he used me to get you back to church. So in the scheme of things, when I look at it, it was two. Do you see it? So no matter where you're at and what you're going, you got to say, God, what's the two? What's the two that you want me to do? What's the two? Why am I enduring this, God? What's, what's the two? What's the assignment? What's the assignment, God, that you're giving to me? Because in every project, there is a purpose. In every agony, there is an appointment. God, what is my two? God sent you with purpose in mind. Jeremiah 1 and 5, he says, before I knew you. He said, before I formed you, I knew you. And before you were born, he says, I consecrated you. He told Jeremiah, I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So no matter what Jeremiah was going through, he could always pause and say, before I even came out of my mom's womb, God had already decided what my two was. So you and I can respond. 
saying there's an assignment on our lives. I want to read something from John, from Luke, actually. I want to read it from Luke. His, John was still in Elizabeth's womb, and the angel of the Lord is talking to Zechariah. I want, I want to read it. I want to read it. I want to read it because it's so, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. I want to read it. Verse 15, verse 15, Luke. Verse 15, he says, for he, he's talking to Zechariah. And what's amazing, Zechariah can't talk back. Zechariah. And he says to Zechariah, he says, for he, verse 15, will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. Now, now John is still in the womb. He's still in Elizabeth's womb. He, he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord, their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Here's his two. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. His two. So you and I have to pause and start asking God, what is my two? Because the truth is when we were in our mother's womb, he had already determined what the assignment was. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. Here's the last thing. That I want to say, actually, it's, it goes with this, the second one we're at, but the last thing I want to say in that area. I want you to understand that your two is about more than you. Your two is beyond you getting a bigger house. Your two is beyond you getting a nicer car. Your two is beyond some bling. Hey, 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 listen, 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 listen. That does not matter to God. He can give you everything you ever desire because the Bible says the earth is the Lord, the fullness thereof, and those and they that dwell therein. Anything you want, God's got it. So God is not so concerned about you lacking. He's got that. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a hill. So he's not concerned about that. Your assignment is beyond material possession. Your assignment is beyond. That's why, that's why in your job, you got to stop chasing promotion. You got to stop. Let's see, listen, listen, listen. God doesn't mind us having nice things. He doesn't mind us being promoted. He doesn't mind us prospering. That's not what he minds. What he says is in everything, you got to see the eternity of what he's doing. In everything, you got to see the eternal value of what he's doing. You got to say, why did you cause me to come in here to sell this house? Who is it that you want me to speak? to in here today what is it that I'm going to deposit in their life that's going to change them because the reality is the house can burn down and be swept away but their soul is what God is looking for you got to ask them what's my two and you got to always look at it and say my two is wrapped up in somebody else he says I was sent I went through all of this all of this so that you could be saved. He said, God made him, Joseph, the governor over all of Egypt so that he could give the assignment to Pharaoh about what to do in the midst of a famine. 
famine because God knew his family was coming through the famine. And God did not want them to suffer. So he said, I let you go through so people can be saved, so people's lives can be changed. What you and I are going through has nothing to do with us, but has everything to do with the posterity. What's the posterity? What's the posterity? I'm going to stop. I'm telling y'all I'm full of the Holy Ghost, so I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop, Elder. But he said, the posterity is the remnant. Posterity means what's left. Posterity means the next generation. So you going through what you're going through for those that are coming up behind you. It has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with them. Why, why, why? So they could get delivered. So they could get healed. So they could not be entrapped by the enemy. And let me tell you, they could be entrapped sitting in the church as well as they could be entrapped sitting in the club. Don't get your eyes off of what your assignment is because your assignment is for the next generation. God is causing you to survive so the next generation can thrive. Come on, come on. This is our last one. This is our last one. Y'all ready for the last one? So I said, you got to learn how to overcome evil. And the only way you can overcome it is when you know that God is in control. Come on, say it with me. God is in control. When you know that God is giving you a what? An assignment, and here's the last thing. When you know that God is working it out for your good and his glory. For your good and his glory. Because here's the reality. We are humans. And because we're in human flesh, what will happen, Miss Queen, is it's is real easy. It's real easy for us to say, well, God... I get it, you're using me and you're allowing me to see and go through all of this for this next generation, but what about me? What is it, God? What is it? What is it? What is it? And look down in that last verse. He says, verse 8, he says, He has made me a father to Pharaoh, Lord over all of his house, and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. He's made me a father. That term father is a term we even use in here, but it's an endearment. It's a, it's a term to say that you have the posture on you of the elderly that says that Pharaoh would allow him in his home around what was personal and dear to him to speak into his children and his grandchildren. He wouldn't have to worry about what Joseph, he gave Joseph that kind of authority where Joseph could speak into his people who were close to him because now Pharaoh saw Joseph as a father. So God will give you a place where you have authority and insight that you can give into those in authority. Hey, here, here, here it is. While you fighting the government, start asking God, what's your two? Because if you do your two good enough, God says your gift will make room and that it will bring you in the presence of kings. It will cause you to be in the place of authority where you can impact authority's generation.
children, come on, come on, come on. Come on, Aunt Soon. Come on, Aunt Mary. Come on. Why did you allow us to go through slavery? Why did you allow us to go through that? Why did you allow us to come out now and we would be taking care of their children? Because I've given you a voice to speak as a father and as a mother into the lives of another generation so that even when their parents want to do evil against you, something in their little hearts will begin to say, I sat on the lap of Bessie. I sat on the lap of May. I sat on the lap of Barbara. And I know she's got love in her. And so I cannot pass a law that will hurt her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He says he made me a father. But he also made me a person who was not just a father. But he says he made me a Lord. He gave me now, not just in his house, but outside of his house. He let me handle Pharaoh's finances. He let me handle Pharaoh's possessions. There's something in here. Y'all got to get it. He let me handle his possessions so that now I can make decisions that would impact my family. And now he could say, we've only gone through the famine for two years, but we got five years left. We've only been through for two years, but I'm telling y'all we got five years left. But because of how God worked in this thing, he says, I was allowed to get in the storehouse and I have stocked things. So listen, that's why when they left, he could give them some bread. That's why when they left, he could give them some corn. See what God is doing. He's putting you in a position to where you can make decisions. Come on. That can infect and impact your community. If you would get to your tool, God wants to use you. And then here's the last thing he said. He says, I also made you a ruler. So now we got out of what's local and we got into what's national. Because now he made him governor over all of Egypt. So you trying to get a house and a car? Joseph didn't have no worries. Everything Joseph needed, he had it. He wasn't running after material possessions because now God had given him favor. Because as the governor, wherever he went, whatever he wanted, whatever he said, he could get it. God says, I want to do that in your life. If you trust that I'm in control, you trust you got an assignment, then I'm going to give you favor that will cause you to look good and me to get glory. So every time evil comes up on you, this is what you're going to have to say this week. I am not a victim. I am not a victim. Oh, my God. Come on, get that in your spirit. I am not a victim. I am not a victim. I don't care what they come up with. I don't care if they change the schedule. And now you realize that you can't keep the schedule. And you, t- you got to start saying, I am not a victim. When you pick up the phone, you're not going to be able to complain about what's happening in the house and how this child is doing that or this husband is doing that or this wife. You got to start saying, I am not a victim. I am not a victim. Why? Because God is in control. And not only is God in control, he said, I got an assignment. And not only do I have an assignment, he said, he's going to work it out for my good and his glory. I'm not a victim. I am not a victim. So the first way. That you and I, come on, are going to have to get to the place where we can overcome evil. Is we got to begin to declare, I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. Hashtag, I am not a victim. 
uh, tweet that today. I am not a victim. Because God is in control. God has given me an assignment. And God's going to work it for my good and his glory. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.